Backyard Bets. I am Jacob Brown, joined by Tyler Fabian. We had a successful week in college football picks. We'll go over that. The Jayhawk Watch, we'll go over that as well. And then we'll go, same formula as always, we'll give our picks for the upcoming week in college football and the NFL. And then we're going to add some baseball picks at the end as well. It's playoff time now. We, we talked about it when this podcast started. It's, it's, it's difficult to hedge your bets on regular season baseball. Playoffs is a little bit more you can put your money on it uh, if you want to and feel more confident about it than you would a regular season game. But first off, Tyler, I mean, anytime you come on a betting podcast talking about success, you're going to be happy. I mean, that that's a good weekend. Yes, of course. I mean, I, we had a great weekend um, for college as well. It was a great slate to watch set up this weekend that we're going into. There's some great games this weekend, but last weekend the betting was just off the charts for us. We um, called two upsets on this pod between UCLA. At least I called that one. But I mean, we called the cover, so I, I'll give you it. I'll give yeah. you it, but I, I called them the win, though, so there's that. And then there's um North Carolina. Technically, they were an underdog against Miami, but you and I are both in agreement they should have been the favorites. So technically, yeah. we called it upset there. Hey, I got to interject here. Funniest thing I've seen in a while is at a bar during that game. And I'm with my brother and there's this crazy Miami fan celebrating all this. He's the only Miami fan in the entire bar. And uh, Miami scores a touchdown. My, my brother and I are across in the restaurant. My brother holds up the U and this guy totally buys it. My brother looks at him. He goes, you Miami. And then they just start celebrating together. It was the funniest thing. And then when they ended up losing, he stormed out with the guy out of the restaurant. He, the, the guy believed him the whole time. Yeah, that's that's funny. I mean, I saw people obviously because we we went to college down in Boca in South Florida. I saw people posting stuff about Miami and their big game this weekend, and I'm like, I need to keep my mouth shut. Don't get myself into trouble. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's it's funny at this point, man. They are. Uh, I mean, Middle Tennessee. I, I it's I, it's a it, it's Miami. I know, I know. I mean, personally, I think UNC is actually a pretty good team this year, but Miami just looks like an a- absolute joke this year like an absolute joke i mean you're at home technically you're favored to win by three or four points and unc just goes in and dominates the game i mean like it's just it's just you got a new coach that you all loved i just it's embarrassing for miami but i mean enough on that let's just the only one i think we really honestly kind of missed on last week was a&m on that line uh i mean bama on the line against a&m for 24 uh, I got a little ahead of myself with that. I kind of forgot to check the injury report with Bryce Young and yep. being out. I think if Bryce Young would have played, it would have been a different game. Um, the new quarterback doesn't have much of an offensive tack, you know, passing. You know, we'll, we'll get into that kind of analysis when we talk about the quarterback play, when we talk about the Tennessee-Alabama matchup later on. But that was really the only one we kind of missed on. Uh the other games we did call, you know, Tennessee the win. They absolutely dominated against uh, LSU. BYU actually scoreboard wise, not not too bad. They did get into the game late scoring to make it close, but like we called, Notre Dame is going to show up and BYU gets blown out on the road, even though it was yeah. a neutral site. And, and that was that was also, by the way, not even it was a neutral site game in yeah. Vegas, which yeah, yeah. I mean, we kind of call those were kind of the main games we called. I mean, we didn't really say that it was on our betting slate, but we also kind of talked about the Michigan State one. I mean, Ohio State covered. I told you they would. I told you that would be an easy money kind of bet. Ohio State covering. It's just, it's just what can you do defensively when you know all some of your best players are out. I mean, that doesn't excuse for where the defense is at in playing wise this year. But the offense just couldn't hold up their end of the bargain to even keep that in a scoring ratio for the line purposes. So it's just, it's just, it's just all around frustrating for that. I mean, this is, this is the worst season of Michigan state in recent memory. I mean, a few weeks ago, I kind of mentioned, I thought it was scheme, but then you hear the coaches kind of talking about, you know, it's like, it's just player discipline. It's executing on the levels. And you go watch the games and you're like, well, I kind of see their point. Like they're missing out tackles. They're not jamming on wide receivers at the line. 
the corners are in it, at least. The running backs aren't finding the holes that are made for them and taking them. They're wanting to improvise. That's why Eli Collins is coming in, our third-string quarterback. And he's, I mean, he's been there for a few years, so he's not really like a true third-string quarterback, but he's our third-string technically. And he's coming in and taking over snaps because he understands the role. You get the hole, you hit it, you hit it hard, and you get those four or five yards. And the other guys are just trying to – I, I get that and everything, but isn't that – I mean, could you flip it around and say, is that a recruiting problem on Mel Tucker for not getting the right players? No, I don't think that we're at that point because – I mean, you think about it. Mel Tucker's first year was COVID. Uh, during that year, he had to recruit online because of the COVID protocols the NCAA had in place and because of the state of Michigan itself. Couldn't really have a lot of people coming in and – and doing that, so he, it, all of his recruits are freshmen and sophomore. They haven't really had a chance to really develop, improve, and some of them are re- recruited from that COVID class. So I don't really think it's there yet. I do think that it's a little bit on the coaching, though. I mean, you can't have continuously the same mistakes every single week, week in and week out. I mean, something's got to change, something's got to develop. But you know, there's my little rant for Michigan State. We haven't had that in a few weeks, so <laughs> yeah, we had to get it out. But uh, now let's move on to that Kansas Jayhawk watch and. For the first time this year, it's a, it's a somber one. I know. They lost, unfortunately. I mean, we did kind of say that to take lean the over for a TCU in that line of seven. It was technically a push. It was a great game, great watch. I had that over-under. It didn't hit um, at that 69, but the first half I was really scared about that. It was like 10-3 at half. Uh, third quarter came out, offensive electricity, it was yep. a, it was a great it was a great that's the game I thought we were gonna get a little bit more it was a good watch though great watch Kansas now has got another big week this week against Oklahoma the lines up to nine right now as we speak for Oklahoma favored which is I think is crazy that's absurd um, I know I I'm not saying I like Kansas to win this game but you know I'm gonna have to ride the ride the Jayhawks and take them and I think they can at least cover TCU okay. is. Oklahoma has given up 40 points against their last three opponents. I mean. They stink. Yeah. That just, yeah. If you're giving up that much on defense, you it's, there's going to be close games, especially against an offense that can compete. The backup quarterback for Kansas looked pretty good. Honestly, that's when the offense really took off in that game. So I'm not worried about their offense performing still. Yep. No, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on that game. And, and let's use that to shift in to this week of college football, which this is the weekend. I mean, I, I've looked at this slate uh, over the weekend. I, I was like, oh, my God, Penn State, Michigan, Alabama, Tennessee, even the night games. Well, they're not as good. I mean, you still got some good ACC matchups in there and stuff like that. Uh, but, the, the, the I mean, first of all, Penn State, Michigan, there's intrigue because Michigan could actually lose that game. And, I, I mean, we could get into that when we go into more detail. Michigan could very well lose that game. They've played all of their opponents close, and I'm sure you know. I, I would. I don't know what you're going to say, but I, I have the feeling you're probably uh, not going to go with Michigan in this game. I don't know why. That's just my initial thought. Uh, and then with the Alabama-Tennessee game, for me, this is this is intrigue as well. This is one of the first times where you can go. Could Alabama maybe even lose a game in the regular season to somebody other than Georgia? So. Uh, this is a fun weekend. I'm excited for it. And, and let's start with those two games and start with that Big Ten matchup at 12 o'clock, Penn State and Michigan. Yeah, so actually you're going to be wrong on what you predicted right there. Whoa. I'm kind of avo- kind of avoiding that game. Um, for I think Michigan's going to win the game because they're at home. It's in the big house. But I'm kind of avoiding it because Penn State – Recent trends, big games, they either show up or they don't. Um, I think it's going to kind of be a close game to your point in that aspect. I just I, – I personally don't really know what I have in Michigan as well, too. At the same time, like I can see Penn State winning that because if we look at the last few games the Michigan's played, they kind of look like they shouldn't be at that level of a number five team in the nation. So – I kind right. of am not touching that game. I, this is kind of my first feel-out game for both Penn State and Michigan. It just so happens that they're playing each other. It's their first big game, I think, against some high-end competition. So I, I kind of just want to watch this yep. game and just kind of take takeaways from this game for the future. 
Well, I mean, that's a good way to watch without stress. Uh, but I just think, I mean, you know, they beat Iowa 27 to 14. Um, it's a great Iowa defense. They did score 27 points on it, but that game was closer than two possessions for an, a, a large majority of that game. They beat Maryland 34 to 27 at home. Last week was 31 10 against Indiana on the road. And they had control for most of the game, but it was close at halftime. So for me, Penn State is a number 10 ranked team going in. This is this is danger town. And and the line being at minus seven for Michigan, I feel like this is one of those games that could go down to the wire. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you, but I also don't want to get caught in that trap of like, hey, Michigan was probably last week, you know, looking ahead. But when you talk about all those trends, it's like, well, they play everyone close and they kind of just pull away late and make the scoreboard look like it's good. So right. it's like I see Penn State covering this line, but I also don't trust Penn State at the end of the day when it comes to the big games. It's, yeah. I, it, <laughs> personally, that's why I'm not touching it. I mean, if you want to touch it and you want to make some bold prediction, you go either way, I'm feel free to, but I'm just not touching that game. I'll do it for the sake of entertainment. I mean, I'll, Penn State, I'll take them to cover. I won't take them to win. I'll take them to cover that line uh, at minus seven Michigan. So – uh, what do you have? Um, so other than we'll get to Alabama, Tennessee last. Do you have any games other than that? One of the best games of the day, too, is Oklahoma State at TCU with Oklahoma State needing to stay undefeated. TCU, same thing if they want to win the Big 12 and the line is at minus four TCU. You got any other games? So I do actually have that game, um, not on the line itself. I think it's going to be an electric um offensive showdown between the two they both put up a lot of offensive yards and they both score a lot of points i'm taking the over on that i think right now it's currently sitting at 68 69 depending on where you're looking but um either way i'm taking the over on that i think oklahoma state's got a really good offense i think tcu's obviously got a good offense and they've proved it in big games i'm gonna take the over on that and i'm staying away from the line on this game i think tcu's gonna actually win this game but i'm staying away on this line just because I think it's going to be a shootout. So in that aspect, it could either end in a field goal or can end by a touchdown. Kind of like the last week's game TCU had against Kansas. So I'm going to take the over on that. I like that a lot. I'm not going to touch this game because I, I honest, TCU kind of came up quick. They beat Oklahoma, and then I was like, oh, they're undefeated. I wasn't even thinking about TCU. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, if they win this game, they're, they're the only team really that's undefeated in the Big 12 that has – the that basically controls their destiny. Whoever wins this game, that's the case. And for Oklahoma State, they already beat Baylor. Uh, that was very impressive. And this would be another win to solidify that resume for them. But for TCU, again, they came out of nowhere. They're at home in this game, and they're favored. So it, it's tough to go Oklahoma State. I'm not going to touch the game. Uh, also, do you have this game? NC State at Syracuse. Syracuse, this is a team that... If they win this game, they could be challenging Clemson maybe in the ACC championship game. Syracuse is undefeated. Yeah, I mean, as rightfully so, Syracuse should be favored in this game because NC State's offense has been atrocious. There's They want to sell us that they have some high-powered offense and everything, but you go and watch them and it's like they can barely move the football. They're honestly lucky they won that game. I get the backup came in. And was, you know, got them to win that game. But they were down seven. They won that game by driving down the field and scoring three field goals with the backup. He threw the football once. So who whose quarterback is playing for NC State? In either ways, I, I don't like their – just don't like the offense. But Syracuse, I mean, to your point, they're really showing up. They're showing great this year. But it's Syracuse. I look at the recent trends. I don't really want to touch this game just because I don't trust Syracuse. It's a lot of trust-hate relationship right there with Syracuse. Long bloodline of that. So I, I, I'm i staying away from Syracuse just because I don't trust Syracuse from personal experience. That's all. Well, it, it's the same thing with TCU. I mean, Syracuse came out of nowhere. They're undefeated this late in the season. No one saw that coming. Um, I don't like that they renamed their stadium. So that makes me want to not want them to win just because of that. Uh, I mean, really, like, I think it's like the JMA wireless dome now. Like, come on, bro. I, I hate when these infamous – I mean, I get Carrier Dome is still a sponsor, but, like, 
it was better. Yeah, and I don't want to take anything away. I mean, it's a cool little fun fact, but I don't want to take anything away from Syracuse. But I think the difference between TCU and Syracuse here is TCU is a program that has shown up every other couple of years where they play really well and they have the talent to. Syracuse is that program that at the beginning of the college year, they show up, they're really good, they're undefeated, they get everyone's attention, and then they lose a game that everyone kind of feels like they should win. Or they go back down to the normal trend of where they should be at. I'm not saying it's this game, but that's also why I don't want to touch it. All right. Got another one here. Uh, I didn't even realize some of these at night. I mean, I said to begin this pod, you got some mad night games. (laughs) These night games are are great, too. You got Clemson at at Florida State. I know Florida State has two losses, but – that gives them more motivation as far as I'm concerned to go and win this game and pull off an upset. It's another game though, that I would not want to touch Clemson's favored by three and a half. I think they win the game. I think they probably win by that line, but Florida state, like I, I just, with the way that they've been playing, they're on such a downturn that this is a game at home that you could just come out and, and do something. And it's college football. We see it all the time. This is another game I wouldn't want to touch. I know this is a betting podcast, but we got to be real with this stuff. Yeah, I know. We're sitting here bet- supposed to be betting these games, but Tallahassee is going to be rocking at a night game. They finally feel like they're back as a team and as a program. At the beginning of this week, it kind of opened up at more at four and a half and five for Clemson. That scared me. Now it's down to three and a half. 80% of the money is on Clemson right now, but somehow the line has moved down. I don't know. Confusing. <laughs> However, I'm actually taking Clemson here. I am I think Florida State can show up and win it. I'm starting to see all of that, you know, like the hype and like the reasoning why they can win it. And I believe they can win this game. But I'm going to take Clemson just because of recent trends, recent um, activity. FSU, at the end of the day, did also kind of struggle against um, Wake Forest. They struggled to convert that game and finish that game. I get it was on the road, but they also struggled to finish that game. Clemson played Wake Forest. That's their mutual matchup they played, and I felt like Clemson, they got exposed secondary-wise that game, but I felt like they absolutely dominated and controlled that game. So that's kind of where I'm going to lean towards and why I'm leaning towards Clemson. And you're probably going to be right. I mean, at the end of the day, it's Clemson. They're ranked number four. They probably deserve to be higher than Georgia. I think they've had a tougher schedule than Georgia. Uh, and this is a point that I discussed with CJ on Strictly Sports. It was the about half of our podcast last week. We were talking about the SEC, and we won't. We don't have to go long form into this, but the general point was Joel Klatt was making uh, in terms of the SEC versus the Big Ten versus the ACC is that the committee seems to be really favoring Georgia when – they, you know, they struggled against Kent State. They barely beat Mizzou. Um, and, and and before last week, Joel Klatt had Georgia at five and Clemson and Michigan in the top four, which I actually agree with him. I think Michigan had to have harder wins. Iowa's a tougher game to play. Maryland's a tougher game to play than I think Kent State or Missouri. And basically the point that Klatt was making was the committee likes to make this assumption that SEC road games are somehow so much more difficult for these big teams to win than Big Ten games, or at least it seems that way because Georgia was ranked over Michigan last week. And I don't understand that because, or I might be wrong about being ranked over Michigan, but, uh, or over Clemson they were. When Clemson had to go into Wake Forest, they had to beat NC State at home. What, what the hell has Georgia done this year? I mean, I get they're defending national champs, but there is definitely a bias towards road wins in the SEC against bad teams when I think there's an argument to be had that every Big Ten game, no matter how good or bad the team's doing, case in point, next week, Michigan State, Michigan, you know, Michigan State plays Michigan tough every year. You can't say that about Missouri and Georgia. So what do you think about that point right there? Um, well, if you kind of just kind of allude to it a little bit, if you were to ask me who, the, who should be the number one team in the country right now, I think it's Ohio State. They technically have a top five win against Notre Dame. However you feel about Notre Dame, they technically are the only team in the country that has a top five win right now. Yeah. Um, their offense is producing. Their offense is scoring. I mean, if you're looking at it from a betting and spreading line, their offense is covering or at least pushing. And some of these lines are at 40 points a game. Uh, number two, 
based on who they've beaten and who they've gone into, probably is going to be um, Clemson. I think Georgia and Alabama, you can definitely see the side of your Alabama is they're always ranked in the top three just because of recent success. They've won national championships year in and year out. They compete for them on year in and year out. So you kind of know they're going to be there. I feel like that's why they're always getting those top three, top five, you know, ranking wise. But if you ask me, I think Ohio State's the best team in the country right now. And so does Caesars in Vegas right now. They're the number one betting odds, most favorable odds to win the national championship as of right now. Wow. And that tells you something right there. I like that. And and it kind of, it harkens into my next game that I wanted to pick here, which is USC and Utah. Even the Pac-12 this year, and this might not be as good of a point, but even going into a game like Utah, if you're USC and you win that game and you're undefeated 7-0 and after beating Utah on the road, I feel like that's a better win than some SEC road games even. Yeah, I mean, I think... When you're battling with Utah... I think Utah is a little bit overrated, but I will say if you're battling against the crowds, SEC is better. The Pac-12s are kind of most – it's either half and half. Depends on which program we're talking about, which All game. Right. So, I mean, okay, so that wasn't the best example, but I mean, you know, Big Ten average crowd. I mean, you go into Indiana, Nebraska, Minnesota, Wisconsin, no matter how they're doing, it's a sellout. Yes. No, not there I can – I'll sit there and agree with you on that debate. But the Pac-12, you look at UCLA, like people don't don't show up to their games, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you have other you have Oregon. People show up to their games. So it's like it depends on which team we're talking about. So it kind of depends on there. But kind of back to that USC Utah game. Utah is favored by three and a half here. I feel like this is now I know what we've been saying on the pod, at least for me, is I think USC is a little bit overrated in the fact they should not be a top ten team just based on who they've played and who they've beaten this year. It's all about a little bit of that favoritism, and that's going into what you're saying. That's my personal belief. However, I look at this game, Utah, major disappointment to me. They're supposed to be this almost playoff team or the best Pac-12 team out there this year, and they're disappointing. They're favored by three and a half, but I actually like USC here. I'm going to buy into the big hype that everyone's giving in USC here. And I'm gonna I'm taking USC to cover this line, and I actually think USC could win this game, which is absurd for me to say. But <laughs> I mean, I, another game I'm not going to touch because Utah can't lose every big game this year, can they? I mean, like you lose to Florida, you lose to UCLA, and you're gonna lose to USC. I mean, you gotta you gotta win a, a big game. I mean, you gotta, but it's also like. When does what does Utah do on a regular basis? Nothing. I mean, I mean, yeah. they're in the. If, if they were doing something, they're in the Pac-12. It's not like their conference is super highly competitive. You have yeah. the same two, three good teams every year, and Utah is still kind of middle of the pack out there. Now they're above the middle of the pack, yes, of course, but they're still the middle of the pack out there. So if they're really this good, prove me wrong. All right, this is a game I am going to pick. Mississippi State at Kentucky. The line is minus four Mississippi State. Give me Kentucky to cover that game all day. Okay. Here's our disagreement here. I'm taking Mississippi State. Oh. Uh, yes. I I know I'm going to get burned by them. I actually don't have this on my betting slate, but I do kind of like Mississippi State. Um, I know I'm, I'm going to get burned. They always burn everybody at some point in the year. But if yeah. I'm going to sit here on the pod and take them against you, I actually kind of feel it. I, I'm not going to – I'm not betting it. But I just think Kentucky has some injuries at key points. Uh, did the injury report come out about the quarterback yet? I honestly don't know. I don't Kentucky. know. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know either. Well, if Levis doesn't play, that's a different story. Exactly. So, I mean, it probably – I think it did. It might be playing because I remember the line being closer to seven right. a few days ago. But anyways, I, I'm going to take Mississippi State here. If I lose it, I lose it. Yeah, and, and you, uh, he is set to play. So six hours ago, Kentucky, he will play the game. Perfect. Yeah, so I, I think they'll win, but uh, we'll see. So, uh, I, I did we pick the Kansas game? I mean, I know we alluded to it, but I, but uh, we kind of picked it a little bit. Kind of alluded yeah. to the fact that we liked him to cover at that nine. I think it's absurd. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, another another game that I kind of liked. It has that. SEC big game feel to it is the LSU UF game. 
Um, yeah, so that that's a good game. I think they're both kind of, you know, your middle of the pack, I guess, SEC teams this year. They were kind of grinding out there. Yeah. However, I look at that game. I like what Brian Kelly's saying in, in the press conferences, which is crazy to me, but he's, he's sitting there talking about how, you know, the performance is poor, the quarterback needs to throw the football, they have talent at those wide receiver positions, and they need to get them the ball. I could feel like there's going to be a quarterback change coming for LSU soon, but it's two and a half at the Swamp at night for Florida. I like it because it's under three. I'm taking Florida at that two and a half. I I agree with you a hundred percent. We've seen t- now. I will say USF went into the Swamp and almost won, but that that's a total fluke game. I was going to say. People who go into the swamp usually get decimated this season, but then, you know, we would have had people saying, what about USF? Um, so aside well, I'll, from even, that, I'll even give you the comfort on the USF game. They were kind of looking ahead to Tennessee the next week, even though they yes. lost. So there's my comfort right there with that game. Yeah. So, I mean, no brainer to me. I mean, LSU has been better than people think. I mean, they got two losses, so it looks like it's the end of the world. But I, I think they're better than people think. But, but Florida's at home. I mean, that's that's tough. But if, if Kelly pulls that off, that's great news for LSU fans with, with, a, with a subpar roster to go into the Swamp and win. That'd be really impressive for him and his resume uh, in his first season there. So now let's get to the, the game this week, 3.30 on CBS, Alabama at Tennessee. The line is minus seven, Alabama. Bama ranked number three in the country going in, Tennessee at number six in the country. And if Tennessee wins this game, they're a top four team in the world going into next week. It's it's at Neyland. It's college game days there again, which is kind of annoying that they already went there uh, and they're back, but they're back. Um, I, I Listen, this is a game where I love what Tennessee is doing. But this is a game that I could absolutely see Alabama going in there and silencing the crowd by halftime. If Bryce Young's healthy, th- this is what Nick Saban wants. Th- this is He does it all the time to us. It doesn't matter what the circumstance is, what situation you think they're in. If he gets his NFL quarterback back for this game, which it looks like most likely he will, Alabama's going to go in there. I think they're going to win the game. I love what Tennessee is doing. But Alabama does this to everybody. It took Georgia years before they were able to do this to Alabama. Tennessee is their first try. I don't see them doing it. Try number one, keeping the game even close. It took Georgia a long time to to get there with Alabama. So uh, it's going to be the Bama show. And I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win big. Yeah, I mean... I don't know how I feel about this game because it comes down to quarterback for me, for Alabama. So if Milrow is playing for Alabama, I see this being a close game where Tennessee can actually probably come in and keep it somewhat close and Alabama wins the game. Or Tennessee, I gives them a shot because Milrow, I think, gives them no chance in the, the pass game. Yeah. Unless unless they were just trying to keep that hidden as it is his talent against Arkansas, then I I don't I don't see that pass threat from him. Now if Bryce Young is playing, on the other hand, I see Alabama winning this game, but I'm also a little bit cautious on it just because it's Bryce Young. Is he really healthy? He hasn't really been practicing the last few days. We don't really know who's going to be starting for Alabama. Saban's going to probably do the same thing he did last week against Arkansas. Bryce Young starting all week. Oh, wait, nope, sorry. It's Milrow. He's starting. My bad. I, I forgot to put Bryce Young on the yeah, yeah. airport. And so, again, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's it's like the theory and the trend for me personally. Saban does win out against the spread long term throughout the season. That's just why I'm going to lean Alabama is take Saban, trust him. He screwed me last week against A&M. But – you know, sorry, Milrow played against a and I was just thinking of Arkansas yeah, for some yeah. reason. But anyways, case in point, I mean, I just, I'm going to take out, I'm take Alabama to cover that. Okay. I know All you right. said that so, was kind of our, the last big game, but I actually had two other college ones. I, I, yeah, I saw some other good lines quick. here. 
Yeah. So um, we'll hit up our boys, FAU. Um, Can you I like still the over. adding FAU? I like the over on this game, man. Dude, oh. they hit the over. The FAU scores points. As much as we hate it, they score points. So does Rice. I like the over at 56, and I'll leave it at that unless you want to give some analysis in on FAU. I don't because they're so upsetting. <laughs> they are, but at least they're winning me money. I mean, if they play the way they did against Purdue, but they folded against North Texas, what's going on? Hey, they hit the over for that game for me. Exactly. They're winning me money. Let's keep it going. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. I don't know. They're, they're oh. a train wreck. But oh. The other one I like is we get a little rivalry game going this weekend. UNC at Duke. At the beginning of this week, it was at six and a half. It's at seven. I'm personally buying that half point and getting it back to six and a half. But I love UNC. Wearing, you know, as I said last week, I kind of have a little bit of favoritism with UNC. I'm wearing UNC hats for film on this. I'm riding. I'm taking UNC. I'll always support them. I'm not a big fan of Duke. Let's go UNC. They're covering and winning. Oh, and I do have to apologize. I did call their quarterback Duke May last week. His name is Drake May, but he's an absolutely incredible quarterback. I love him. I think he's one of the better ones out there. So go UNC. You got a UNC hat. Michigan State is your favorite team. You've got an Alabama shirt in your closet. Don't hide. I mean, what? I just don't get it. Well, you know, I almost went to Alabama. I applied there and everything. But um, UNC, you know, the personal, personal vendetta, personal lead. They've been winning me money for the last long as I've been sports betting. And I went there, visited them a few times. I love the campus. It's absolutely beautiful. I mean, there's some other things as well that I'm not going to say on the pod, but there, there's a lot of reasons why I do like UNC and you're kind of bored. All right. And then there's one, there's one other game I did see here. Um, it was Arkansas at BYU, and the line is minus one and a half Arkansas. What do you think about that one? I did love it. I don't I don't know if you saw it when it opened, but Arkansas was actually kind of favored. I think they were favored by either one or it was even. Absolutely love Arkansas here. I don't care who their quarterback is playing. As I said last week, I think BYU are frauds. Give me Arkansas. Absolutely. It's SEC going into an unaffiliated school that's going to be Big 12 next year. It's over before it starts. All right. Now let's shift into the National Football League. Um, cra- I mean, crazy stuff's been going on in the NFL. CJ and I will go over that on Strictly Sports later this week. We're going to focus on the picks here. Um, we have Thursday Night Football happening tonight. Uh, we're airing this on Thursday, recording it Wednesday night. Commanders at Bears, it's a pick em game. This is the only reason I'm even talking about this is because it's a pick em game. Because I wouldn't even bet this if it were a line. I think both teams – I mean, you look at Washington – I think they've played – and here's the thing that's very hypocritical about them. I think they've played better than I even thought they would offensively. But Ron Rivera just came out this week and trash Wentz. So now you got drama going on over there. And Chicago, Justin Fields doesn't throw. They don't – it's basically a run offense, and he does, they don't let him throw the ball. So I don't know what to really do here, but I think Chicago's the home team, and I love picking pick games because it's just who's going to win, and I think Chicago's going to win. Um, how can we approve last Thursday's game to be even worse? Have Washington Commanders and Chicago Bears playing on Thursday. Yeah, right. This week. Thanks, Amazon. Uh, that's the billion-dollar contract right there. Yeah, that's I love it. Um, I actually really don't. I, I probably won't even watch the game unless it's an ugly trash fest again. But uh, I'm, I'm telling you, I've right tuned right. into every single NFL game this year. It's the first one I will not. Yeah, I have no desire to watch it. With that being said, I probably won't. I probably have no desire to really bet it, but I do like the under at thirty-eight. As you said, Justin Fields doesn't throw the football, but he's a quarterback. The Washington Commanders probably put up a little bit of points, but I, I, I don't know. If we're continuing the trend of how bad last Thursday night football was to this week's, I'm going to take the under. Just see how it happens. All right. So, this is a game that I really like. Baltimore at my New York football Giants. They went into London last week. They beat Aaron Rodgers, who apparently just doesn't have a clutch gene anymore. I don't know where it went. Uh, I texted my friend Jensen, who 
big Packers fan. We're always texting about the Packers. Uh, and, and, you know, now that the Giants play, we had to text. And I, I tell you, I'm like, is it just me? Or did Aaron Rodgers lose, like, some sort of motivation? He just looks so flatlined all the time, just so melancholy. Like, just it, there's no flair there. Like, like I, they got down to the end zone at the end of that game. And for the first time ever, I wasn't worried that Aaron Rodgers was going to win the game. I don't know why. It was my Giants. I mean, they, they, they've been terrible for a decade. I had no worry that, that Aaron Rodgers was going to go in and win that, win that game at the end. I thought he would win going in. But the Giants played well. They had defenders missing, uh, including Leonard Williams, who's probably their best D lineman. They were missing corners. The rookie Thibodeau is playing great football right now. Dexter Lawrence is playing great football. They just brought back Landon Collins to shore up linebacker. He left for a few years to take the bag, stunk with Washington, and now he's back with the Giants, back at home with us. So I like the Giants' defense. I, I, I didn't think that would happen going in, but with the way that they've played with the lack of personnel due to injury, now maybe getting it back. Now, I don't know if Leonard's back for this week, but even if he's not, they've been playing well with the lack of personnel. Baltimore, on the other hand, I have not been impressed with really anything that they've done. You look at the opponents that, that the Giants had to play this year. They had to play Aaron Rodgers. They pretty much neutralized him. They neutralized Derrick Henry week one. They neutralized Christian McCaffrey week two. Um, they played decently against Dallas, and then you have this win against the the, uh, the Packers. So I like who they've had to beat this season. And I look at Baltimore. It's a home game for the Giants. At the very least, I don't think the, the Ravens are going to win by six, and the Giants will keep this close. Um, well, if you keep the game close uh, in the first half against Baltimore, it's anyone's game in the second half. Is Apparently, right. they don't play defense in the second half. Uh, honestly, I, I don't disagree with your analysis or anything there, but um, kind of going off your point, I'm, I'm avoiding this game, so I'm just going to turn this into the, it's my next my game that I kind of like. Kind of talking about the Packers a little bit. They are playing the Jets at that 1 o'clock slot. They're favored by 7.5. Oh. The Packers have lost the last few games, again, especially against the spread, essentially. They've been close games. I don't like the Jets. I absolutely hate trusting the Jets. But I kind of want to take that line because the line is so high and take the Jets on the line. I mean, the Jets have weapons, and they've all been playing well. The, the, Zach Wilson came back. He's fit in like a glove. And Saul is a great coach. I like what they're doing in, with the Jets, actually. They're, they're actually trending upwards. The Packers are just – they're flatlined, like I said a few seconds ago. I mean, they're, they're just at this – I think we know what they are. They don't have high-octane offensive weapons. We know what they're going to do game plan-wise with, with LaFour and Rodgers. We, we get it. You're, you're going to hand it off to Aaron Jones – there's not many receiver weapons. You're a little bit limited now. You lost some higher defensive value guys to free agency. I think we know what they are. The Jets are this wild card, and and I think I agree with you. I mean, you you won an overtime against the third string, and you lost to the Giants in a game that you were favored in. This this has upset written all. I don't think the Jets necessarily win, but I agree with you on the line. Yeah, I mean, Rodgers always bounces back after a poor performance. He didn't last week. He went to London and decided to go on vacation. Um, he bounces back and usually wins after he loses. So that's why I kind of think the Packers are going to win. But until the, that team in general, because it's not just Aaron Rodgers, the defense and everything, like until the team in general shows they can prove up and play against some of these teams that they should be beating, especially according to the spread – and everything that they should be dominating against. I'm, they're losing against the spread. So I'm going to take – I'm going to bet against them on the spread. That's all. So, I mean, that's that's just that game. But another 1 o'clock game I actually personally like is Bengals at Saints. Bengals yeah, are favored by 1.5. I think the Saints are kind of frauds at this point, which I, I actually really like the Saints a few weeks ago. I even told you that. I think I called it on the pod that I like it. But I like the Bengals. I think that line is way too small. Bengal, I like the Bengals to win, so at that point, it's basically a pick em game. I think the Bengals go in and kind of control that game and win. I'm with you. That line's way too small. Since he goes in, probably wins by more than that. Another pick I have, I have Vikings at Dolphins, minus three Vikings. I'm taking the Vikings. I think Miami is in a tailspin right now. Nope, no pun intended, I guess. Um, but the Vikings look pretty good. 
They're, they look like the best team in the NFC North. If things were rolling, if this was after week three and the Tua thing never happened, I picked Miami. But if you're playing Skylar Thompson against Kirk Cousins, I'm taking the Vikings. Yeah. Um, I, I don't trust Kirk betting-wise. I don't trust that at all. I do totally agree with you. I just – this is probably pers- personal reasons why I don't like it. But if we kind of go back to um, essentially kind of a similar thing, 49ers at Falcons, 1 o'clock. I like the 49ers by 5.5. Ooh. I know the Falcons back to recover, kind of like I said they would against the Bucks. They fell asleep. But you had the Bucks, Devin White, and them coming out and be like, well, we got bored on defense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think the 49ers defense is better than uh, the Bucks right now. So I think they'll definitely go in and kind of control that game. Jimmy G's turning that offense around. They're definitely producing and scoring and scoring points. Granted, they just kind of blew out Carolina. We're not big fans of Carolina on this pod. But I, I think they'll go in and win by a touchdown. So that gives me that line and that cover. All right, I like that. Game I have as well, Jags at Colts, plus two. Jackson uh, would be what I take in this game. Indy just doesn't look good to me. Is Jacksonville a fluke? I think this is the week where we find that out. But I I like them better, I think, actually, than the Colts. And that's sad because it shows my lack of faith in the Colts. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a dogfight out there to see which team is worse at this point. In the season, which is crazy because the Colts are supposed to be the Super Bowl contender with Matt Ryan. And sorry to interrupt, right. but not only that, but the win streak the Jags have over the Colts. Yeah, that too. Like, I definitely see the Jags kind of winning him just because of recent trends, but I don't, I don't have that game personally. Um, do you have any other one o'clock games? I think it was just, nope. uh, yeah. I mean, I'm staying away from the Bucks one. Uh, the Bucks, their offense. They either score – they haven't scored in a lot of touchdowns this year. I don't know if I can trust them to cover that line. The Steelers, I think, are bad. Uh, Patriots and Browns, I, I think the Patriots actually have a decent defense, but I don't like the Browns, so I'm staying away from that game. That kind of just sums up my 1 o'clock slot, uh, 4 o'clock slot that we get into that. <sighs> Panthers and Rams, the line is at 10. I <laughs> think that's when it starts to become absurd for professional teams when it starts getting in double digits. I want to consider that, but I also – I said I like the Rams' offense last week, and they're good. I don't think they have an offense now. I really don't. Like, can we get Allen Robinson involved in the offense? Like, seriously. I think – but – so I, I don't want to touch that game. Either the Rams will show up and they should prove they actually have an offense or they won't. So I, I'm not touching that game. Do you have that game or no? I don't have it, but I see why the line. I mean, you fire your head coach and Baker Mayfield's out, and Baker Mayfield was bad. So what's the alternative? And yeah, Carolina's in that. I could see why the line is there, but ten is ridiculous. Yeah, but it is also like why I don't like touching games like that. It's because usually after a coach gets fired, we kind of alluded to it against that Oklahoma and Nebraska game. Either a team shows up and they have a magical win or a magical performance and lose close, or they get blown out. That's why I'm not touching it. However, uh, well, if we have the the best game of the week. We'll save that last for the 4 o'clock slot because I do like the Cardinals at Seahawks. Cardinals are favored by three. Mm. I do like it. Yeah. I know the Seahawks score a lot of points, and so do the Cardinals. But I do like this game just for the over. Um, the over currently is at 50. I know that's a lot for an NFL game, but I trust the Kyler Murray and the Seattle Seahawks to score points based on recent trends, which is kind of crazy because Seattle usually isn't this high-scoring offense. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you on that uh, on that as well. Uh, what about Cowboys-Eagles minus six Philadelphia? Are we touching that? Well, last week we did kind of have a little bit of our – Bold projection that Arizona could win that game. But we could took them the cover, and they did their job, and they actually almost took it to OT. This is a rivalry game. This is a divisional matchup. Dallas showed up, and they played against the Giants. They won the game. Dallas, with Cooper Rush, doesn't look bad, which is a I, – I keep using the word absurd, but it's absurd. I don't think you can bet against Cooper Rush at this point. He's proven who he is, that he's a winner. He runs in that offense. I don't think they win, but I think it's going to be a closer game than six in prime time. 
I'm with you and I hate doing it. Um, and I also hate saying this. I'm rooting for the Cowboys for my Giants, which, oh my God. <laughs> it does uh, help me better. It does help me. Uh, so that's crazy. Holy cow. But uh, then we got Bills at Chiefs. This Oh, well, before that, Broncos at Chargers. Are we touching that one? Monday Night Football, minus four and a half Chargers. Um, I think the problem with the Chargers is that they play up or down depending on their competition. We saw it against Houston. We saw it against Cleveland. They play like the team they're playing against, which makes me feel like if you're playing Denver, they're going to play to that low-scoring style, uh, highly defensive game. Even though I think Herbert can score and go out there and win points, Denver's still got that defense, which is top five in the league, arguably the best in the league. So I, I don't know if they win by four and a half in this game. Uh, there's way too much noise going on with that locker room right now and the Chargers. You have uh, wide receivers calling out play calling, like giving uh, you know the coachings for play calling. I don't like the noise on that, but you're right. They do kind of play down to that level. With that being said, it would be probably be a close game, so I like Denver to cover that line. Um, but personally, I'm, I, that was kind of a game of avoiding as of right now, but that can change. But I do like Denver at the current moment. But to the game of the week. The highlight of the reel. The best playoff game we saw last year. One of the best games of the entire season last year. Bills at Kansas City. What do you got? Kansas City's going to cover. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't think they're just going to cover. I think they're going to win this game. I, I just do. Yeah. But I hate saying that because I also feel like Buffalo's got a revenge game against and them against KC. But KC, their offense is hitting. It's striding. And it's not like – I get Kelsey's the, the go-to weapon out there, but it's not like it's just Tyreek Hill and Kelsey. It's Kelsey and all the wide receivers for, for Kansas City. It's a new offense that they're all dominating and against. They have a running back core of a team, like three or four running backs they use. Buffalo is good. I think they're really good. I just I don't see them going into KC and winning this game. I think this is a KC game written all over it. I did see the rumor, Will, where uh, Buffalo might be able to get CMC. I hope that happens. That would be awesome. I wish if it did happen, we'd see it in this game. So I like KC in this game. Whoa, man, if that happened, holy cow. But, oh, I mean, don't put that thought in my head. I got him on one of my fantasy teams. That would be insane. Uh, so do I. But, so do I. Yeah, uh, but for for if Buffalo's defense was healthy, that'd be a different story too. It's just not, and that's a big factor. If they if they had their full squad, they were the number one defense in the NFL last season in terms of uh, total points. No one really remembers that because they didn't have any big names other than Pointer, and you know then they add Von Miller, and it's like oh wow the Bills have this grip, but now it's injured. So I th- that yeah. that's a problem. They also have some injuries in that wide receiver room. Gabe Davis is either healthy or he's not healthy. And they have their third and fourth street guys, injured or not injured. It's just I trust what I have in KC right now. They're healthy right now. I'm taking KC at home. If this was at Buffalo, I'd take Buffalo. But it's at home for KC. I agree with you. All right, so uh, do you have any props for college or NFL this weekend that you're looking for? Uh, As of right now, no, I actually really don't. Um, kind of a, kind of took a break from him for a little bit. But I do like uh, Mike Evans to score a touchdown this weekend. Uh, it's against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh hasn't been that good the last few weeks, and Evans does usually historically get a touchdown every game or every other game from Tom Brady. So I do like that one. All right. All right. So that's a good one. So let's move on to – Major League Baseball here. We said we would do a little bit uh, into uh, uh, betting for the playoffs. Now, we didn't do this before the series started for the divisional series, so we'll try and do that before the championship series start next, uh, or else I would have given series bets. But, you know, I'm, I'm looking at, at – and we can't give the – we're recording this on Wednesday night. I can't give anything for the Wednesday night game. So this is releasing on Thursday, which means – if the Yankees don't get rained out, 
They'll be playing tonight at 7.37 on TBS. That's game two. Yankees lead the series 1-0. And then at 3.37, it'll be game two, Seattle at Houston. Houston leads 1-0 after the crazy walk-off victory by Houston. Seattle was up big in that game. And then Jordan Alvarez comes up. Him and Aaron Judge were the only players in baseball with an OPS over 1,000. And he comes in, three-run walk-off shot. That's what the Astros do. Mariners' first playoff appearance in 21 years, which that's our whole lives, Tyler. I mean, I'm sure uh, some of our audience members might freak out at that, but that's that's basically our whole lives, which is crazy. Um, so how, what do I think about these games? The over-under is mainly what I'm looking at here. I'm not look, I hate first-inning run bets. Who's going to hit a home run? Who's going to knock in the first run? How many strike? Now, how many strikeouts are a little different? I don't like first inning. You don't know what these pitchers are going to do in the first inning. That is such an unpredictable thing to bet. It's not like a touchdown where you know a team is planning a certain game plan around a receiver against a certain team. You don't know what what these guys are going to do in the first inning. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, you can look at first inning ERAs and go go based on that, but it's the playoff. It's ridiculous. I avoid that sort of stuff with baseball. So the over-under is six and a half for game two. The pitching matchup, Shane Bieber versus Nestor Cortez. This is basically saying that each team is going to score three runs on average. I look at this game. Shane Bieber is the ace of the Guardians. Nestor Cortez had a better season than Garrett Cole. I, I, I actually think that this game is going to stay true to that, and I will take the under of six and a half runs. The Yankee offense struggles against ace pitching and so i will take excuse me the yankees uh, and the guardians the under at six and a half then we have mariners astros here as well the line is minus seven pitching matchup luis castillo he's the ace of the mariners against fromber valdez who even though he's not the number one it's because justin verlander is a hall of famer fromber valdez is a top 20 top 25 pitcher in baseball arguably this is going to be another one of those close games. But for some reason, these teams seem to hit no matter what. So I'm not going to touch this game. I don't know what's going to happen. It's at Minute Maid, so that impacts it as well. I don't know how Castillo is going to pitch in that environment. Uh, so that's that. I will also pick the next National League games here and go. Actually, I'm going to hold off on that because I can't pick them without knowing the game, too. So we're recording this on a Wednesday night. Right now, it's nothing, nothing, top four Phillies, Braves, Padres, Dodgers game two tonight. I don't want to go there uh, for a game three when I don't know what happened in game two, but that's as, as well as I can do for baseball. If I had been able to do series bets, I would have went Atlanta uh, for a series bet. I would have went Dodgers, Yankees, and, and Astros if I were doing series bets, uh, but we're not in that game. And I know, Tyler, this isn't your uh, your your thing necessarily, so uh, – uh, you know, I don't know if you have much to say on this, but uh, you know, it's playoff baseball time. It's it's getting to that fun yeah. time where you have all these sports at once. Yeah, as, as you know, I'm, I don't usually follow baseball too much during the regular season. I, I do if I follow it a little bit more. It's like do the postseason and everything. I hate taking favorites in any playoff bracket, no matter what. But if we were to have done series uh, bets, I would have totally sit there and agree with you. Um, just because of the Yankees, I do think it's going to be an under game as well. I agree with you. The betting line for batting, um, for runs, for the – sorry, I lose my train of thought. I was looking at something else. For uh, the run line is at one and a half right now for the Yankees. If we're going to go under on this, which I agree with you, I think it's going to be a close game. I'm actually going to take the uh, Cleveland to cover that one and a half and essentially say the Yankees are going to win by one. That's a – that's then, a – Logical thing, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and then, like you said, um, there's a lot of hitting that happens in the Astros game for against Seattle. I'm going to take the over. I know you don't want to touch it, but I don't I don't mind touching it. <laughs> I'll take the over. It's a lot of runs to get at seven, but if we're all going to be hitting, then we're all going to be scoring. So let's let's ride it. Uh, but I do like Houston to win that game. You know, I'm, I like home teams. I always like home teams, especially in the playoffs. Until I get proven wrong on that, it's just how it is, unfortunately. But I do like Atlanta as well. Um, if we're going to go for Friday games, kind of get a little heads up. I think Atlanta's going to win that game. I 
don't see the line out for that right well, you now. You know what? Actually, I, I hate to interrupt. Uh, for the game three, I, it just popped into my head. We do know the pitching matchup for it. It's going to be Aaron Nola against Charlie Morton, Philly's first home game in the playoffs in 11 years. Aaron Nola had a much, much better season than Charlie Morton. The thing is, Charlie Morton is known for being playoff Charlie Morton. I still think, though, that with the way the series lined up, where Nola is the number one, number two, you know, him and Nola are number one, basically both of them are, and you're getting him at home against the number three starter for Atlanta, I actually would take Philly in that game, but you, you can go on. Yeah, see, I'm taking Atlanta in this game because I think they're going to go on the road against Philly and split it, those, those two games. So I'm taking Atlanta in three and four, essentially, and hoping that they win one of them because I think they're going to go back to Atlanta up 3-1. That's all. That's that's why I like taking them. Uh, I think they're going to go back home and take out that series at 3-1. And then Dodgers and Padres. We go back home for the Padres. Padres definitely have some mojo and some juice going with beating the Mets this year uh, in the playoffs. I know what we can all say about the Mets. You know, they always choke. They always under-deliver and everything. Uh, obviously, we don't know the results of even this game on Wednesday because it hasn't even – First pitch isn't even out right now as we're filming this, so I, it's hard to really kind of look ahead. But they're going home. I like the energy the Padres will have back home for the first game in the playoffs um, for yeah. them. So uh, I'm going to take the Padres to win that game. Yeah, I like a lot of these game threes for the for the teams that, you know, Phillies, first time in 11 years. Padres, first time in a long time at home. They've made the playoffs not played at home, uh, in front of fans at least. And then you have... Uh, the Mariners, 21 years getting a game at T-Mobile Park. You know, so these are big things. Now, Cleveland's already had a home game, so I don't really view that uh, as a big thing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be – baseball's going to be interesting. And as for hockey, the regular season just started as well. But the regular season just started. So I, I'm not there yet with picking regular season games. But hockey's different where I will go there in the regular season. I think they're – Hockey's a little bit more predictable than baseball is with, with regular season. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll get there as the season goes on, and we'll bring on uh, CJ, Steve. They love betting hockey, so I'm sure they'll come on uh, if we ever touch that sport. But I don't want to forget about it, um, so I want to make that note. Basketball, I'm not – this is the first year I unfollowed the NBA on my social medias. Uh, I don't follow – it's not one of the sports on my ESPN app. I'm done. Like, I am – out i'm done i'm not watching a game i'm not watching the playoffs i'm done i don't care about the players so that's a sport that i won't even mention um and uh, but i will go college basketball i still like watching college and when we get to that march madness territory we'll, we'll touch that but nba fans i'm sorry um maybe we might highlight an nba game here or there but personally i'm you not a big nba fan yeah, I know. I'm personally not a big NBA fan. I love college uh, all the way around, football, basketball. I think the atmosphere is so much better in those games. I love the NFL, though. I do love the NFL. I just like the atmosphere and the culture that comes around with it. We'll definitely talk about college basketball when it comes around. Um, we kind of had a long podcast today, so we'll kind of stay away from talking about hockey, but maybe next week we can kind of start talking about, depending on how we set it up, uh, what the game slates are. Maybe we can talk about some of our predictions for the long-term season of who we think kind of make the playoffs for um, for the hockey as well. I know it's beginning of the okay. season. It's kind of a little late to bet that, but we had this is kind of one of our longest podcasts that we had because, you know, we had a great week in college, great slate for college coming up. You and I had pretty much the entire board in the NFL. Talked a little bit about baseball and a little bit about prop betting. So I definitely, you know, let's definitely uh, – you know, talk about NHL a little bit next week then. Absolutely, absolutely. And we did have a good pod today. We summed everything up pretty nice. We did go long today, and it was it was good. I mean, we had some great talks today, and we'll be back next week for another episode of Backyard Bets. Strictly Sports is going to come out this week as well. CJ and I are going to try and record tomorrow uh, and get that out before the weekend. Strictly Baseball, we've uploaded two within the last week. One of them previewed the wild card series, so not really useful to listen to that anymore. But the next one was Rory and I previewing the divisional series where we gave our playoff predictions. And then we'll do another one before the championship series starts, World Series, etc. Um, and that'll do it for tonight. You can follow us on Twitter at Strictly Sports P, on Facebook and Instagram at Strictly Sports Productions. You can listen to us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify as well. 
And for Tyler Fabian, I'm Jacob Brown, and we'll see you next week.